0: I I want to do a quick chat with you about uh, the book Dance with Anger. and We have talked about this before, but I still want to talk about this uh, today. But just one specific concept in that. So I've been reading Dance with Anger for a couple of weeks now. I read half the book in sort of one sitting. And then since then, I've been reading a few pages a week, kind of very... I pick it up, I read a bit, I think about it, and then I read other stuff. But um, Dance with Anger was one of the books in the anger sprint that I was going through where for a couple of months, I was trying to reconnect with my anger. And I was reading books about anger management and suppressed anger, and I was doing meditations, and I was like into the topic of anger, right? And I picked that book up, and it was a book... For women, mostly it's a book, I think, for feminine anger, like female anger, like how women should deal with anger. Because women in society, it's even a special place on like the kind of limitations we set on girls being angry versus boys being angry or girls having being aggressive versus boys, right? There's like a little less leeway and maybe there's more stigma in society. And so there's this psychologist and she wrote this book and it's mainly written for a female audience on how to deal with your anger. But I thought the book had such great reviews. Maybe I can learn something anyways and if I don't learn anything about my own anger, maybe I'll learn about the anger of (laughs) the females in my life, the women in my life or something. It could could, could be interesting. And I found, I have to say that I found that there's been nothing in that book that hasn't been useful to me or interesting. It's not the kind of book that I was reading and thinking, oh, this is clearly not for man. This is not for me. I don't understand this. I was like, I just could totally relate to these things, you know? And I would have been definitely in these situations and I this is useful to me. So there are a bunch of concepts in that book, but there's two things that I wanted to, there's one main idea that I wanted to highlight. One thing I'd brought up And we had talked about before once was this idea that I'd never heard before and never considered myself that sometimes when you fight, when something upsets you and you fight passionately and loudly and aggressively, that fighting and getting angry and being upset is not to be equated with you are truly interested and working on change. In many cases, that getting angry and worked up and fighting might be a part of the mechanism that makes you not change anything about what is happening. makes you comfortable about holding on to the situation and just playing out a loop, right? Yeah, but I'm voicing my upset. Yeah, but if you voice your upset, I mean, if you... Scream at somebody that they're upsetting you, and you're not changing anything, and they're not changing anything, and they're allowed to keep doing this, and nothing really happens until eventually you're upset and you're screaming again. You're not training them to stop. You have taught them that this is the loop of how we're doing this, right? And they will continue doing this thing that upsets you for no matter how many times you screamed. You know, I never had considered this. I never thought about it. I'm not the kind of person that screams. Or there's like a passionate fighter in relationships that has like really bad fights. Um, That was never my thing. But I'd never considered that, that that could be a mechanism to prevent change from happening versus something that would stimulate change. But the thing that I really wanted to talk about, the main idea that I find applicable both in intimate relationships, in relationships with your children... And in professional relationships at work is this concept of you know, over-functioning and under-functioning. So what she describes in Dance with Anger is this idea that you know relationships are very systematic at times. And so it's not just what you do in a vacuum and what I do in a vacuum. It's what you do to me and how I respond back to you, right? It's kind of the dance between... Action and reaction. And no matter what we're doing in a relationship, in any kind of relationship, it's always we've always established a back and forth where each of us plays a certain role. You step one step forward and I follow, or you lead and I follow, or I follow and you lead, or you take a couple of steps. And then I change, like there's a pattern to how we behave in certain, in the dynamics that we have in certain situations. And so you can't just look at one person and go, he's always doing this upsetting thing. You have to consider what are you doing that leads him to do this upsetting thing? And then how are you reacting to that upsetting thing? And how is he reacting to your reaction? Like what is the back and forth, the ebb and flow, and not just the one unique identified action that is the culprit of whatever. And she has this concept or she teaches this concept that most relationships, and this could be parental, there's many examples in there of people in the, coming to her in therapy and describing their issues with their parents, their mothers, their fathers, you know, um, and other people in their family. Oftentimes, there is somebody in the relationship that is under functioning, doing something way at a way lower level than they're supposed to do for their position in that relationship. And the other person is therefore then over functioning to balance it out. This can also be the other way around. Somebody's just always over functioning, so everybody around them starts under functioning in this area. So, an example would be you know, one example in the, the, therapy book was that there was this one woman in therapy and she had a sister and her sister, no, it was actually a brother and her brother was so was always in need of her help. She had to give him money. She had to let him stay at her place. She had to help him, you know, fill out his, 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 his taxes. She had to clean after him. She, basically, you know, her brother that she loved very much was sort of kind of the problem child of the family and a little bit of a loser, and she was sort of his best friend, but by defect or his mother that had to babysit him and always take care of him this is a this was one example where the brother is under functioning in terms of being responsible. And therefore, his sister has been over-functioning, not only being responsible for her own life, but also taking on responsibility for his life. And this is something that I find, since I've been observing this idea or applying this idea to many situations, I find it so universal. This is such a universal pattern. When I see people or teams and you can tell who is like overfunctioning and underfunctioning and how that dynamic is amplifying each other now most people that are overfunctioning will only consider the other the other side right so in this case this woman was thinking clearly why is my brother getting his shit together like why can't he like fucking do his things like clearly she's the good one that's doing so much more than what would be reasonably expected of her but it's not that easy right? she. It's not just his fault. It is his and her fault. She's dancing that dance with him. She's over-functioning. Nobody's forcing her to over-function. And so they would go through this. In therapy, she was basically advised, okay, you're going to have to learn, maybe pick one area, to not overfunction, no matter how much your brother is underfunctioning, and let him struggle and find other people, other solutions to this versus relying on you. And this is not just going to be difficult for him, this is going to be difficult for you as well. And so she starts doing that, and then of course, you know, she feels sorry, and she feels guilty, right? There's some crazy patterns, like people feel sorry for these other people, or they feel guilty, oh, this person relies on me, or look at all the suffering, or look, they have they're, for them, this is very difficult, but for me, this is very easy. Whatever story they're telling themselves, and then once she, once you, she goes through that, she would like tell her, okay, you have to learn to communicate to your brother. Hey, I love you very much. You're my brother. I am having a very difficult time right now with my own career, and so this is an area I cannot help you with. Like right? when her brother would come to her and be like, ah, you know, I'm struggling with money. Can you give me a little bit of money? She would have to learn to say, I love you. I'd love to help you. But right now, I need to start saving money. I need to think about my own financial future. And right now, I cannot give you any more money. I need the money that I earn and make for things that I have planned for my future and for myself. And that can be very tough, obviously, to do. On top of it, though, she would learn that – when you say these things or when you change, basically, this is, I think, the, the nice metaphor. When you change your pattern of behavior in the dance, like if we've been dancing the same tango and I start moving my feet differently, it will create an awkward reaction. And at first, always upset my dancing partner, right? Like that side, that person, right, has… has expects you to move a certain way. We've always moved that way. We have this sort of silent agreement. I'm going to go left, you're going to go right. And then all of a sudden, I go left and you go left and you leave. And I'm like, what the hell? And they're going to do whatever they can, consciously or subconsciously, to try to get you back to the dance that you've been I dancing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So they will get maybe first really upset. Maybe then she was telling her, expect... Sometimes people do very radical things and they're not even conscious of it. Could be that your brother calls you the other day and he's going to be in prison, right? That would be a time where this thing, where these things happen. You stopped over functioning. He will now underfunction so hard to get you back into the den, right? And it's not even evil. Many times it's just there's a desperation to get you yeah. back to the way things were. And so as he's going to get more desperate it's going to get more harder for you not to step in into the dance. It's going to be very triggering for you. You're going to feel like you don't have a choice but to do it, right? But you're going to have to stand your ground. He calls you from prison and you're going to have to say, Brother, I love you. Always wanted to be there for you. Right now, I need to put myself first. I'm sorry you put yourself in this difficult situation, but I know and believe in you. You're an awesome person. You have a great heart. You will find another way out. I cannot take care of you right now. It's like you have to say these things and then stand your ground. Because oftentimes, the people, when somebody's in this example, overfunctioning and the other person's underfunctioning, and then the person that is overfunctioning wants to change things, they will stop doing things. The other person will go into the extreme and then they will get upset and angry and she was or they will withdraw not answer the phone anymore right hide from them you know and she was saying you have to stay connected stay connected state that you love them state that you care about them but also state that you have to take care of yourself and you cannot do these things anymore and then no matter what they do no matter what their crazy steps are going to be on the dance floor you just stay in your rhythm in your lane and you stay connected though with them and eventually they will give up and then eventually they will get into your rhythm and they will learn the new steps and they're going to start dancing the dance that you want to dance with. them, Right. And I find that it's such a, you were, you you were responding because it's such an like, ah, yeah, I've, I've done this and I've seen, I've had people do this to me. This is such a human experience, right? When you're trying to change a relationship, but I, I find this metaphor and this approach, beautiful and very insightful, and I never thought of i've never I had never encountered it before or thought about it quite that way. I always thought to be honest in this or oh, back in the day when I was thinking this way, I was thinking there's one person that's doing too much, the other too little, the too little is the bad person that just needs to change, right, but I was not thinking about the dynamic, the dance we're dancing the you are under functioning I'm over functioning, so I have to stop over functioning for you. Right, I can't just be like, "Why can't I overfunction and you start overfunctioning too?" Right, I have to just take care of myself and step back and allow you to fail or allow you to deal with these things yourself, and then I have to stay with you no matter what you're gonna do to try to get me back into our old den. I do actually. I do. I don't believe you that you've never thought about it this way, but there's a a clarity in the way I think probably she writes it or the way you. Uh, I picked they, it up. Yeah, and the other thing is also. I just in many little relationships now because maybe because I have this model fresh on my mind would look at it or when people would recently describe their problems with their parents with their friends with their partners to me quite often I would sort of see this pattern now and go oh yeah. this is what's happening yeah. have you considered this you know but it's a beautiful it's a beautiful book that has a, a good amount of wisdom nuggets and really kind of cool stories. And it's not what you would think, which is just a book about like, how do you handle your anger? It's really about relationships and change management and understanding dynamics between ourselves and others. And I'm not through with it yet, but um, I highly recommend it, Dance with Anger. Even if you're not a woman, apparently, I mean, I really have learned a good amount and, and really enjoy it.